0: Hi, I'm Carly Reid from CX Today, bringing you all the latest news and conversation from the customer experience technology industry. Now, today I'm talking to Martin from Content Guru, and we'll be discussing CX and the healthcare sector. Welcome, Martin.
1: Thanks, Carly. Pleasure to be here.
0: It's a pleasure to have you with us today. So Martin, how about we kick off with a quick intro? Tell me about what you do.
1: Sure. I'm Martin Taylor. and co-founder, deputy CEO of Content Guru. We are a cloud technology provider in the field of customer engagement, customer experience, best known for our Storm Cloud contact center.
0: Fantastic stuff. So Martin, what conversations are you having with your customers at the moment about how COVID has affected the healthcare sector?
1: Yeah. I mean, the healthcare is a sector we've been really developing over the last five or six years now. Uh, and it's a fast expanding area. So, I mean, last year, we had healthcare revenues go up by over 40%, probably gonna be something similar this year. So, we're having more conversations, bigger ones uh, would be the other part of it. So, we started off in kind of small uh, edge of the, the picture type uh, applications, and now things we're doing are really at a national level, yeah, where they're looking at real kind of digital transformation. Uh, across the whole country. And I think that that's where we obviously aimed to get to, but things in healthcare move pretty slowly generally. Uh, But what we have seen is a speeding up of the pace over the last 18 months or so, definitely fair to say that. So more conversations, more interesting and, and bigger conversations would be my summary there. (laughs)
0: Thank you Martin and uh, sorry I don't mean to interrupt you there but I mean what challenges do you think that the industry has faced uh, during the pandemic and um, do you think that they're any closer to winning those battles
1: yeah well I'd probably move it into two subcategories really one has been scale so scaling suddenly to deal with the unexpected so obviously the pandemic everyone had talked about a pandemic I mean we've all seen the movies but uh, it, when it came down to it, it did surprise a lot of people just for speed it took hold. So, there was a thing called the National Pandemic Flu Service that had been in place for years and uh, this was seen as what would be switched on to deal with a big outbreak. But when it came, it was so sudden and so fast moving that that service was never really activated. So, it came down to people like us in the cloud who are running urgent care communications services for nhs to deal with it so we suddenly found in london in the early days of the pandemic we were suddenly dealing with 500% of yeah 500% traffic but 1400% volumes and that's because the people downstream from us ambulance trusts etc weren't able to deal with that capacity so scale uh, was and will continue to be uh, important And the second part of it has been about reducing face-to-face contact. So initially it was about clinicians wanting to keep safe, so obviously if a doctor goes and sees someone and catches COVID, then they're pretty much out of action. Possibly they get very ill, which would be even more serious. Also patients not wanting to gather together, so everyone's always hated waiting rooms and kind of hanging around for four hours to get seen. Uh, But then in the pandemic that became an actively dangerous thing to do so you know those two areas really uh, the face-to-face and the scale have, have been the two big themes that have come out of the pandemic
0: and how do you think that cloud technology is transforming areas like urgent care and mental health i mean so many people obviously struggled with their mental health during lockdowns um, what do you think about that martin
1: yeah I mean, urgent care obviously was at the pointy end, so people were calling 111, and, and the 111 services in, in much of the country are run from our platform, so you know, we're across quite a lot of what was going on there, not just at the early stage in London, but as it rippled out around the country. So urgent care became about streamlining uh, people from calling 111 through to being treated, uh, and. The ways in which we were treated uh, changed, so in particular, video came in. So, in the 25-odd years I've been working, video has always been the next big thing uh, in technology, uh, but it's never really taken off. Suddenly, you had a reason why you needed video, so urgent care went from theoretical discussions about video that we'd been having for years to suddenly, okay, we need video right now we need to use the patient's own device, Uh, we need to not have booking, it's got to be ad hoc, the clinician has to decide and it's got to be really easy for them as well just to activate when that video is going to happen. It's got to be safe, of course, because it's not just a tech story uh, and GDPR, uh, but we're also talking about clinical safety. So everything around health has to have a clinical safety case now. So, uh, probably fairly unusually among tech companies, we employ doctors and other clinicians, uh, as well as uh, information security professionals to make sure what we're doing is safe. So that's kind of a a rough summary of the the space there. Uh, So video streamlining people into going to hospital uh, more effectively, so they're not kind of queuing up when they get there. And then mental health, yeah, that was the other kind of big thing that came up. Mental health long been a Cinderella service, I suppose, of healthcare, Uh, but lots of people's mental health suffered. And we were asked to bring in um, very rapidly uh, new services for new NHS, particularly mental health customers. So we stood up one uh, NHS Foundation Trust in nine days from initial conversation, onboarding, putting them on the cloud platform, putting up the crisis line uh, and connecting that through to the the local urgent care service. So that simply wouldn't have been possible without the cloud. We never met them, we still haven't met them actually, but yeah, we've been working very effectively for a good year or more now. Um, So that also has led into some evolution of services for mental health. One would be on the video side again, so stuff that we've done for urgent care becoming uh, used in mental health. The first urgent care video services were one way. The clinicians didn't want to be seen at home or, or in a, a call center. Um, obviously in mental health, you want to see your clinician. So you know, two-way video is introduced pretty rapidly and pretty much all uh, interaction on urgent care and mental health is now two-way, interestingly. So you know, things move on quite quickly and presumptions are, are kind of overcome. The other thing that's starting to take root now uh, in mental health was is community prescribing. So, uh, you know, sometimes instead of a, a box of Valium, you might be better off with a I don't know, membership of the Bowls Club or something. So, a lot of the isolation that's come about in the pandemic has kind of fueled these problems that occur when, when people don't socialize. We're humans, we're social animals, Uh, And so, you know, that social prescribing, again, has gone from being a theoretical concept to now having its own framework, actually, as part of the HSSF framework, uh, which we're on uh, with one of the uh, the main providers of these services. So mental health's definitely uh, come into its own now, and now we're talking about connecting out mental health, not just with urgent care, but with, with police, for example, as well. So we can cut down the number number of Section 136 uh, incidents that happen in the streets. So rather than going in the back of a police van, you're a lot better off just talking with a mental health professional there and then. So lots of these services that are multi-agency and multi-system, suddenly the cloud makes those possible and the pandemic has made them necessary. And again, once you've seen these things, you don't unsee them. So these are permanent changes that are coming into the system.
0: Great stuff. So it sounds like you guys have been very busy, Martin. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, My only worry, Martin, is that I don't think that the industry has enough tools in place to cope with a winter surge in COVID cases. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, every year the health system has winter pressures uh, and they're very real. It's not just something they make up. So, want a pay rise, but the system operates right on the the limit of what's possible. Uh, And of course, it's under extra strain this time because uh, there is an increasing uh, caseload of COVID. Um, There's the back to school factor. Uh, People have been to festivals. um, People have been socialising, going to football now. So. What's expected is an increase in the amount of cases, maybe a fifth wave or however many it is now. Uh, Plus our immune systems are down because we haven't been socializing as much. That could mean a much worse than normal flu season. So that kind of confluence of forces is, is something that's gonna hit quite hard, I think. So naturally they are preparing for this within the health system. Whether they could have all the tools who knows? You can never have everything you need. But what will be available now will be better guidance from urgent care into checking into the emergency department. So, we're reducing the number of unheralded, as they call them, arrivals, so people just rocking up. So, you'll have more of an appointment. But of course, it's not. you don't just have an appointment in urgent care because you may be expecting to go in in two hours' time but there could be some more urgent cases arrive in the meantime. So, actually the kind of flexible queuing that we are used to in the contact centre world, that's perfect for this physical queuing. So, yeah, we've already seen some very successful early examples of uh, booking into hospitals, reducing queuing, reducing people gathering together in waiting rooms and whoever liked an A&E waiting room at the best of times. <laughs> so, there are definitely going to be improvements there that will be noticeable uh, at a patient level. There'll be more video as well, of course. Uh, You read about 50% of um, GP appointments are are virtual. But actually, a lot of these face-to-face appointments weren't necessary in the first place. It's just now that uh, it's a lot more convenient to do a quick video at home rather than to actually go and wait in a waiting room and see someone. Or it might be you've got a rash. Uh, a doctor can tell within a few seconds what it is so let's save ourselves all the time Uh, so i think a lot of these hard-won advances are going to be consolidated this winter yeah
0: fantastic so martin you touched on uh video a little bit then um can you tell us a little bit more about content gurus video consultation technology and maybe how it's changed the way that clinicians interact with their patients
1: yeah sure so as I said, video—something we've been talking about for many years—there had always been information governance uh, would kind of come in and stop the party as soon as he started talking about video, uh, and you know, data privacy, impact assessments, etc. are very important. Uh, we've seen some massive fines for GDPR contraventions, for example, uh, it was two hundred and twenty-five million dollars for WhatsApp uh, from the Irish government. Uh, just the other day, there was a kind of 800-odd 800 800 million dollars Amazon fine. So, it matters if you lose data in a commercial way or you misuse it, but if it's misused uh, or lost or you know, leaked in the medical sense, that, that's massively important, of course, for the clinical safety side as well. Uh, so, we managed to cut through a lot of this and really shortcut years into weeks in 2020. Uh, and thanks to one or two of our customers who are kind of willing to put their, their neck on the line, uh, people like Huck, the uh, urgent and emergency care provider for most of the east of England, three and a half million um, patients uh, across several counties, they absolutely saw the need early on. Uh, they wanted to reduce base visits, wanted to reduce doctors getting in cars and seeing people, wanted to reduce people just turning up and, and loitering around en masse. So, you know, video, something they fast-forwarded, uh, they worked closely with NHS England, NHS Digital, our own clinicians. Uh, we put together at high speed clinical safety cases uh, with data protection, impact assessments, etc. We we're able to get to, uh, to launch with a safe uh, ad hoc video product that works on customers' mobiles, whether they're Android or Apple or, or whatever, or whether it's an iPad, and you've emailed the link. That was all done within a matter of weeks, and then uh, fast tracked through all the NHS approvals. So that's been tremendously successful, uh, and. You know, in fact, NHS have created a framework for that DFO CVC, another kind of catchy named framework, uh, which again we're on. So it will be a lot easier uh, for NHS organizations to, to kind of draw down those services now after this kind of Wild West period that we saw last year. So we're now working on lots of interesting new. Uh, developments actually with that same customer. We're doing a natural language processing AI uh, pilot at the moment. We're aiming to cut uh, over one minute actually off each one-on-one call, which is massively significant in about a 10-minute call. Uh, it opens a new case, it puts it down to a health advisor. So, all of that kind of checking out who you are, do we know you, have we got a record, all of that can be you know, cut through immediately. So, I think without the pandemic those sorts of shortcuts, in a good sense, wouldn't have happened. Great
0: stuff. Well, thank you so much, Martin. Um, I've really enjoyed speaking to you today, like I always do. Um, Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Absolute pleasure
0: brilliant. And uh, well, that's it from us. Um, If you've enjoyed our conversation, then please do give us a shout out on social. And if you're a CX fan and want to see more like this, then you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. And that's at cxtoday.com. I'm Carly Reid from CX Today. Thanks for watching.